Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. A very windy, rainy Pennsylvania, and I'm not the weatherman. <laughs> so it's great to be with you again, and welcome if you are on live cast with me and you are on the replay welcome as well great to have you with me i'm just going to take a few minutes to share um a few points that uh, a few well 10 lessons that i learned from uh, my crisis leadership lessons that i learned from my crisis these lessons i did not learn overnight i can promise you i didn't sort of come out the crisis or in the midst of a crisis and suddenly find out oh yeah these are things that i should have known now this took time this took probably 10 years uh, to discover if not more uh, just through the process of time i didn't have anybody to actually instruct me mentor me coach me in leadership principles you understand there was no environment that i could get into everybody is is so focused on their own building their own thing they don't have time for you people would give me bits and pieces throw little pieces of bread out to me and uh, that's you know that's how you learned and you, you sort of grapple and move along i read tons of books but 15 chapters of a book never gives you the practical steps that you can implement and take action on and be held accountable to a book is not accountability a book is great. Uh, so over 20 years, I had one book that I basically spent time in every day reading, put it down, pick it up again, read some more, and would spend time in that book learning the principles and applying those principles to where I was at that point in time. So in 2003, I, first off, let me start. I was never ambitious for leadership i just never it never crossed my mind god had gifted me with a gift invested a gift in me and that gift i wanted to apply to being significant to affect people's lives that's what i was looking for and uh, sorry let me just say i'm i'm very sorry if i don't reply to comments because this new format of Facebook that I'm on here, they don't give, they don't show any um, comments. So I love to receive your comments. I'd love to interact with you, answer your comments, but I'm not getting any right now. So I apologize for that. But if you want to, you send me comments, you know, it'll be great to hear from you and insights that you get as you go along and uh, just, uh, you know, something that you want to share. Um, I will answer you when all of this is done. I really apologize. I don't know why all this has changed suddenly like this. But anyway, be that as it may. So I came in in 1981. I started 1980. In 1980, I started in leadership, working with um, youth, and uh, and then it just expanded from there. A whole bunch of other things. So in since 1980 to date. I've experienced the worst, 
the bad, the ugly, the best, the excellent, the greatest of leadership. Seen some, seen not, not so great. I, I have observed leaders that are great and mature and excellent in some areas and yet in other areas are not so good. Um, a spiritual father once said to me, because I was saying how, you know, how wonderful this one guy was and so gifted. And he said, I know the man. And he said, when you get close, you find there are chinks in his armor. And that always was the reality. You know, and I said, what's the lesson? And he said, the lesson is never exalt anybody above anybody else. So that is the truth. If I can put number 11 or the number one to the 10, the number one before everything else, Jesus is the best example of leadership you will ever find. Follow him. That's first and foremost. If you're going to model yourself after anybody, model yourself after Jesus' leadership. Study him. Study his example. Study his model. Study his role. Study his engagement, his equipping, his empower, empowering style. Study his leadership because you cannot go wrong. You will not go wrong if you stay with Jesus as the greatest model. That was the number one lesson I learned first and foremost. I mean, I always wanted to be like Jesus. You know, we all want to be like Jesus. You know, it's like, what would Jesus do in this? But I never viewed it from a leadership point of view. I never perspective, the, the, the Jesus perspective wasn't on my on my consideration of leadership. So I went through this process of just really applying my gift. I had great aspirations. My aspiration was to bring transformation. I didn't understand that concept, but that's really what I wanted. I wanted to see people's lives affected. That's really what I, I didn't really care about much else. I surrendered. I sacrificed everything in my life, my wife and I, for that. We, we sacrificed everything for that. But in 2003, a leader came into our life. I didn't see him as that. I saw him as a gifting that was coming and supposedly to help the church. As I understood that gifting, I thought that's what he would do. But this man, as a leader, was terribly insecure. And his agenda was so off alignment. And he methodically went about destroying everything that we had built over 15, 20 years. Coming out of that, so we went into a crisis, a crisis of, of magnitude, <laughs> simply because suddenly I had no sense of purpose. I had no sense of direction. My aspirations were destroyed, and I had to rediscover repurpose myself in the midst of that. What is God actually? Who am I? What am I about? Where am I supposed to be? And the thing about it was the leaders around the world, except for a few odd individuals who were gracious and kind and, and, and concerned and considerate, most did not help the situation. Most were more focused on building, as I say, their thing and did not know how to deal with that. You know, it was just like they didn't know how to deal with a crisis, how to treat you when, you, when you've been 
taken out of purpose and what now what happens now so over the years over the next 20 years so since 19 since 2003 so 17 years over the next 17 years god began to deal with me about what are the principles that i could learn and not just no not the principles but the lessons that i learned from my crisis you understand is that purpose and living a purpose purpose and living a purpose life is the key to living a significant life and when you lose your purpose you lose your significance in 2003 that's what happened i lost that sense of purpose and up until the crisis of 2003 i'd never really thought about leadership as a necessity or as a critical tool for me to live significantly but you know i realized how important it really was of everything losing my sense of purpose and my ability to make an impact in people's lives left me the most devastated that's what devastated me the most it wasn't my reputation that mattered but being disempowered to not live my purpose and so that's my story you probably have a story of sorts maybe it's to a lesser greater degree but this is your time this is my time this is our hour this is the time that we're not about uh our empowerment but about em being empowered to empower others that's really what we want to do this is our moment when we can bring the right message at the right time to people's lives so here are 10 leadership lessons and of course Number one, one is follow Jesus above everything else. So you have 10 lessons that I learned. Number one, leaders always, leaders know who they are and what they stand for. They don't guess, they, they have an absolute settled conviction in their heart. They know who they are. They know what they stand for. And that's what makes them secure. That's what gives them confidence. So they know who they are and what they stand for. They, and they're not threatened by anybody. They, they know nobody else can be who they are and nobody else can stand for. Well, others can stand for the same things, but nobody can take that away from them. They stand for something. There's, there's a, a, a gravity within them, a soberness. There is a there is a conviction a deep conviction that drives their passion that's within them they know who they are and what they stand for so they are secure they are confident they, they then it doesn't matter what you do they never move from their position as a leader i'm not talking about titles and, and positions as pastor prophet or ceo and things like that because they know that they nothing can change. It doesn't matter where you put them, they will stand up again because they are who they are. And that's it. God has assigned them that. I learned that hard way. I learned that. Secondly, leaders build. They don't destroy. Leaders build. They don't destroy. They build you. They build the environment for you to be empowered. Leaders build, they 
are innovators. They're creators. They take after their father in heaven. And so they always building. Number three, leaders empower others. They don't seek power. They empower others. They, they understand that their legacy is in, is in empowering others. They empower the people around them. They empower the, 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 their influence area. They empower it. They empower it always. Number four, leaders are mentors. Always leaders carry a mentoring, true leaders, exceptional leaders carry a true DNA within them of mentoring, like fathers, like moms and dads. They carry something inside of them that says it has to be passed on. They're always passing on. They never hold it for themselves. They never have to protect their throne. They never have, they never selfish with their knowledge, with their ability, with they they always the strength the energy they're always passing it on colossians chapter 1 28 29 paul talks about that it just is that has resonated for decades in my life that scripture and been the motivation as a principle of leadership that has always always inspired me number five number five that was four number five leaders are models they are very aware and careful what example they show. They're always careful to show the right model, the right example, and very aware, very self-aware of, of what they are bringing to others' lives. They understand that that's what leadership is because that's influence. And that brings me to number six, leaders' influence but they influence through trust. They never impose through control. They never impose. They build deep trust relationships that where they can bring the influence of the kingdom of God or just the right influence into people's lives, values and principles and practices that are just and right and ethical. So leaders influence through trust. Number seven, leaders build, of course, trust relationships. That comes out of it as well. That's their currency. The biggest currency they have is not their power, not their, how many planes they've got and how many cars and houses they've got. I travel in places and and all the, the young men can talk about is, I don't want two planes like that man, like that, you know, prophet. And, and I'm going, that's ambition. That's, that's got nothing to do with kingdom of God. It's not about empowering you. It's about you empowering others. It's about you build a currency of relationships, trust relationships, because people know you're trustworthy. Because you're true to what you say, you're authentic, you are, you are real. And they can see that, they can depend on that. It doesn't mean you're perfect, it just means they can trust you to be real. 
If you make mistakes, you ask for forgiveness. You admit you make mistakes. You seek accountability. You take responsibility, not just credit. You pass credit on to others, you, but you take responsibility. Number eight, leaders communicate a clear vision and purpose because they're strategic. Leaders communicate clear vision and purpose, clear mission, clear purpose because they are strategic. Leaders are always those that are able to see down way, way beyond where everybody else can see. Now, everybody should be in that place. I think every Christian should be strategic, but we don't find a lot of people like that. That's why we're passive. That's why the church is passive. That's why we're not actively engaged because we're not strategic. We're not looking down the line. We're not seeing things coming. Number nine, and each of these is a journey. Each of these is a seminar, a workshop. Each of these is, is a process, a journey. You understand? I'm giving you 10 things that's taken me, it feels like a lifetime to learn. It feels like blood spent. It feels like I've been to hell and back to learn these things so that I can bring them to you. It sounds simple now. It's like, oh, yeah, that's easy. <laughs> but... I'm telling you, these things I have paid for. I have paid to learn these things. The rejection, the judgment, the criticism, the, 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 the being ignored, <laughs> being gossiped about, slandered, spoken about. Through each of these, you cannot believe. <clears throat> and I'm bringing them to you as 10 things that, if you begin to live these and live them, I'm not talking about know them. Don't just take them and teach them, but take them and live them. Make them part of your behavior. Make them your habit. Habits. These need to be habits that you live every single day, whether people see you or don't. It's got to become part of your mentality. And I'm getting away from the 10. Number nine, leaders lead from the inside out because they lead from their own transformation. That's what I'm talking about right now. They lead from their own transformation. They lead from substance. They lead from character, not from knowledge. Knowledge, the Bible tells us, puffs up. Paul said it makes you arrogant just having knowledge. I sat with a man one day and he said, you need to write a book and give me a book about everything that God's revealed to you about father and sonship, about fathering sons and about mentoring. And as I sat there, I was, I felt this deep, deep um, <laughs> heaviness in my heart. And I said, you know what? The, the one reason I don't write a book about this is simply because I don't want men or people to take a book and begin to use it to abuse people. And it, it can be abused. Leaders are abused, can be abusive if you don't follow the principles. And I said, you've got to have transformation. I said, why don't you take some time and come spend with me and spend time with me and let's work through this together until you have that embedded in your transformation. 
And he said, I am, I'm not prepared to do that. And I said, well, and yet they go and they do those things. He became an instrument of a lot of disappointment in my life later. So you've got to lead from the inside out, from your own transformation. That's what I'm saying. Take these things and live them until they transform you. And then you will bring graciously with a changed mindset. You'll begin with, with a change of heart and a change of attitude and a change of paradigm, which affects how you function, how you think, how you react and act. It'll change everything and you'll begin to share it with people and, and implement it in your life, not use it as a weapon of abuse. But use it as, as something that to empower you. You see, you can take knowledge and empower yourself. God would never allow me to do that. I tried. I tried. <laughs> because I was ambitious just like everybody else at one point. I, wa I wanted to do something great. And I only knew what others were doing. So I thought if I gained enough knowledge, I could use it to empower me. But God wouldn't allow it. So leaders lead from the inside out, from substance, not because they can speak, but because they've got substance. I still stammer and stutter and don't finish my sentences and get the grammar wrong and, you know, put the wrong things in the wrong place and don't sound very eloquent. I listen to some of my podcasts and I think, oh, my word, you know, it's just like, who's going to listen to this guy? come from nowhere you understand no education i didn't have the opportunity to get educated i've spent it on others and and my family were poor so i never had that opportunity what i've got now is i've educated myself through learning through study through meditation through implementation through pain through <laughs> tears through suffering and i'm not making myself out to be some kind of martyr i'm just saying is that a message doesn't arrive overnight, but I'm here because I want to give it to you. I want to empower people. And so, I, you know, I looked at how do I do this? I created the Facebook group three, four years ago. And, I, you know, this is a way that I can, in fact, impart who I am and, and give what I know to people and create an environment for them to grow. A lot of people say, yes, we want to be part of it until. They have to go through the process and then they don't want to be, you know, you take a seed, a seed says, I want to be a tree. I want to be a tree. But then you've got to take it and stick it in the ground and you've got to cover it, wet it. So it's in this damp environment, dark, it might get hot, might get cold, but it's down there. And suddenly the potential of that seed begins to germinate and it begins to shoot down roots and, starts pushing towards the top and suddenly it starts growing and it's still in that environment for for an inch you know a whole inch it, it's still going to grow this little seed man it's just still pushing through. and suddenly it starts pushing into the light but yet it's not a tree it's just a seedling and it takes time for that thing to apply all the nutrients and all the things it's got down on the inside of it and, and learning how to draw from the ground what it needs and, and the moisture. And, and then it, there's you know times that it'll be dry and it's got to survive that and it's got to push through the shade of other trees. and But it keeps growing and it keeps coming and it keeps coming. 
And that's how leadership is. It's not just a one, two, three silver bullet and you're in, baby. It doesn't happen like that. You can be given the title. You can be given the position, but not have the substance. Number 10, number 10, last one. Leaders don't look for power, but they grow in authority. And that authority comes to them because that first off, they understand that Jesus has given it. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go here, therefore, and make mentor cultures. But to have authority with people, that, that's exousia. That's the right to have dominion in the earth, not over people. Authority with people is given to you by those that trust you. It's a, a right. It's a, a trust earned, not a right given. You don't just have the right to have authority over people. You have, you've got to earn that privilege. Man, I've learned hard lessons with that one. <laughs> but that's the last one that I wanted to share with you. And I don't want to keep you much longer. Ah, I do get comments. Natalie, thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate the amen. <coughs> that's what I wanted to share with you. And I hope this makes sense to you. Sharing my heart. You will hear a lot more of this as time goes on. Aspire. Um, in, um, I just want to share this with you. In 1 Corinthians, um, 1 Corinthians 14, listen to this. He says, pursue love, verse 1, yet desire earnestly spirituals. These are some spirituals that I've given you today. Surprisingly, practicals. Practical spiritual things that you need to make part of your life. The, 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 um, the text says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts. But the word gifts is in italics, which means it doesn't appear in the original. So pursue love, yet desire earnestly. Desire earnestly means nearly like a righteous lust. Does that make sense? It's like it's a sanctified intensity, an intensity to aspire to this, earnestly desire spiritual, spiritual things. But especially that you may prophesy. And the word prophesy there is the word to interpret the divine will and counsel and purpose of God and be able to communicate that. So I want to say to you is that I want to get, inspire you to desire earnestly spirituals, to desire earnestly the things that make you a leader. Not because you have a title or a position or because you have great power or you have greatness, but you have significance because you influence the culture, the world, the society, the community around you all right so that's what i wanted to share with you thank you for being with me today 
God bless you. Have a super day. And I pray, I really pray that you will be inspired and that God would grace you with insights, with discernment and with wisdom in these areas. All right. Thank you for being with me. Until next time, this is Sean saying over and out.